Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. Today is a special end of year roundup, best of edition of the TPOE podcast, whatever you want to call it. A happy Christmas episode of the podcast, maybe. It features a lot of voices coming up. You'll hear from Deep Breath, Claire Sands, The Cope, Daniel Luke, Hunnis, Ruth Mack, David Hederman, Julie Hawk, Morgana, Ro Urell, Winter Aid, Silverbacks and Sinead White. I'm not the most organised person in the world, so I really hope I haven't forgotten someone. And putting this together was a bit of a head scratcher, but hopefully we got there. It's out in your ears at the moment. So that will have to do. I talked in studio with The Cope. A full interview with them is coming up at the start of 2024. And I did a Zoom chat with Ro Urell and the rest all sent lovely voice messages. I asked them to answer the following questions. By all means, you can play along if you're listening at home. Have you got the pause button ready? Okay. I asked them how the year was generally for them. I asked for their favourite albums, songs. I asked for their favourite gigs, their plans, tentatively or concrete ones for 2024, and also for their favourite Christmas song. It's pretty open-ended, but there's lots of great answers and recommendations coming up. I'll be back to introduce each act as we go, but as you can see, it's a long episode of the TPOE podcast, so let's get going. Northern lights invite me a coaster in a shone Dance burn it down Lemon a gallon Kyoshi I hear you call me back I love the energy of Claire Sands. I've seen her a couple of times this year, both performing and bumping into her around the place, and it's always a joy. She released a brilliant self-titled album in 2022 and hasn't let up since, playing all over the world, traveling all over the world, and, as she says, releasing a couple of collaborative tracks this year with, respectively, I Have a Tribe, Brian Finnegan, and Ashling Irwin. We're listening to Day Long Day with Brian at the moment. Here's Claire Sands with her picks of 2023 to kick off this special episode of The Point of Everything. Jalon, Jalon, 
Hello there, how's it going? So 2023, it was a year of touring and a lot of, uh, I suppose, touring internationally and new territories. And I suppose a few of the highlights was our first Swiss tour and playing on these amazing lakes and swims and exploring with the Alps and stuff like that. And then about a month ago, we played Il Serventino Festival Internacional Serventino, which um, supposedly is the largest <laughs> um, Latin mu music a world music festival in the world and it was amazing in Mexico so we got to go over for a few shows and my mom came over and my sister and we had a wonderful time all the brilliant food and all the crack and all the mezcal and everything else but just amazing to explore a country um, that has such a similar spirit to Ireland in terms of tradition and in terms of the crack and the sort of devilment and just the energy of the music as well so that was definitely sort of two highlights and I suppose as well as that, we had a few releases as part of a new project called Gurmaka, which translates sort of as the blues. And it was a project where we explored the four most northerly, southerly, easterly and westerly points on the island of Ireland with a few different collaborators. So I have a tribe and then Brian Finnegan of the band Fluke. Uh, the Neo Regan track is coming out in a month or two and my friend Ashling Irwin as well. So that was really nice to um, put that project together and to have a few new releases. So... That was sort of 2023, um, as well as the Lee Swim and a few personal things. But uh, overall, a really, really great year of touring and playing live and exploring different places. My favourite folk duo of all time, uh, a sort of recent discovery in the last year or two, uh, is a band called The Breath, who are basically Rena Connolly, joined by this amazing Manchester guitarist called Stuart McCallum, I think. And they released an album called Land of My Other, I think it was about two months ago, and it is absolutely magical. It's produced by Thomas Bartlett of The Gloaming and it's just really, really beautiful sort of atmospheric folk music, but really steeped in the tradition as well. Um, and Renook's songwriting is just incredible and you can feel it like oozing out of the the speakers, which is um, hard always in music to believe, I suppose, the, the honesty of it. And it's as honest as it gets. So they definitely were, that album, Land of My Other, was absolute highlight of the last few years. Gigs. Um, I saw Soda Bland a few weeks ago in Belfast and I am a massive fan. I love, um, I suppose, the, the sound of their music and the songwriting and their spirit and the energy. And it was an absolutely fantastic gig in the black box. So they definitely were a highlight of the year in terms of live gigs. Um, saw a few other really, really great ones and festivals during the year. The Cambridge Folk Festival was fantastic as well. Saw some great sort of world music at that and uh, it was a good good festival for a bit of development as well and definitely a few gigs at Glastonbury. The acoustic stage was rocking and people like Bonobo really enjoyed all those gigs but definitely a highlight was Soda Blonde a few weeks ago in the Black Box and their new album is class. Favourite Christmas song has to be Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas from Judy Garland. I think it's an absolute beaut. Um, absolute beaut. Love it. Obviously you have the Pogues in there as well, but that's definitely number one for me. As I said at the top of this chat, I have a much longer, in-depth interview with The Cope coming up at the start of 2024, talking through their brilliant 
debut album Dancer, which they released at the start of December. A two-piece, Joe Furlong and David Anthony Curley were the highlights, plural, of my summer festivaling. Running to see them across a muddy all together now on the Friday night. A little, uh, how do I put this? Out of our senses? <laughs> my mouth was quickly agog at their live show. Oh, it was so good. Cue me telling everyone at another love story a fortnight later that they had to go see the cope. Cut to, yes, another rainy, muddy Friday night of a festival and another amazing performance by the cope. And I completed the hat trick by going to see their lawn show at the complex in Dublin the day after I chatted with them. It wasn't raining that night, actually, now that I think about it. Hmm. We're listening to the opening track of Dancer. I am stretched on your grave, but all of these songs have soundtracked my ear in some way at some point. Here's the cope on their highlights of 2023. So sitting here with uh, The Cope, Joe Furlong and David Anthony Curley, uh, we're going to talk just briefly maybe about uh, some of our favourite uh, stuff of the year. Joe, do you want to go first? You're just back from Other Voices. Did yep. you see some good shows there, gigs of the year maybe? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I saw Julie Byrne in the church on the Friday and uh, she really blew me away. That was definitely one of the gigs of the year for me. The only thing I can describe it as, it was like being in the presence of like somebody like regal as hell um she's mesmerizing so that was one of my gigs of the year for sure i saw fred again in the mercedes-benz arena in berlin which is that a is, big big place it's like seventeen thousand people wow. and it was phenomenal yeah really really great it was it was weirdly i don't know how they did it but it was like being in a club with 150 people but there were seventeen thousand people there it was like the vibe was there for that myself and david saw the blaze uh, in velodrome in berlin back in march that was that was enjoyable and then my gig of the year and possibly the best gig i've ever seen in my entire life oh wow was feist oh okay i've heard um, that this is like a five-star show i heard about her show in cork opera house yeah i saw it in uh, in verti music hall in berlin which is kind of like vicar street but like three thousand, so like similar kind of shape and uh yeah, I, I I won't reveal any spoilers. Although the tour's probably over, so people are probably never going to see it again. Are they? <laughs> I think she's doing uh, like a show in Canada in 2024, and I know people are like looking up flights and thinking, "Can yeah. they go over to Canada?" To Honestly, it was like it's kind of split into three parts, isn't it? It's yeah. So she comes out um, and there's like a small stage in the crowd, and she is up on the stage. So we were all under the impression that it was like a solo show. And to be honest, I was a little disappointed hearing that initially because um, I really love her previous or like the record from 10 years ago metals because i wanted to hear like that band basically but you know she's feist so she's still absolutely incredible so i was like oh this this would be cool and after a couple of songs i'd completely gotten into the solo thing and there was a couple of uses of like some back and track like back and vocals and she was also doing like live looping of her vocals and stuff so there was stuff that was that was there going on that was still making it a bit more interesting than her just playing guitar but she had this camera phone that was uh, linked to the projector like live linked so it was streaming from her phone and at one point she gave she was like oh would somebody in the crowd like to take the phone and like you know get get creative with the projections so where the stage would normally be um in the venue there was a huge big scrim like a white scrim that was being projected onto and after a couple of songs of this random man in the crowd using it it became quite clear that he was a plant and he was just doing really really cool stuff 
Um, like, you know, that infinity effect, like being in a hall of mirrors, like that kind of thing. So that was like, I don't know, 30 minutes or something like that. And then she started singing the song a cappella and started moving towards where the stage was rather than being in, in the round. So that song is not normally a cappella. And in the middle of it, the scream just dropped like full on kabuki drop and the band landed in behind her. So they were hidden behind the scream the whole time. And myself and anybody that was there were like our jaws honestly just hit the floor. Did not expect it at all. Uh, so yeah, she just kept you guessing at every single turn. And it was, you know, when when you've been in, in music for a long time, I think you know what it's like behind the curtain, you know? You've seen behind the curtain. You see, you, you know how the sausage is made, you know? And she just showed me a new way to make a sausage. Ooh. <laughs> what are you, David? What are your gigs of the year? Gigs of the year, God, uh, I actually think this is probably the year where with the least live music I've ever seen. Is that a good thing in a way? Uh, kind I, of like I, almost resetting, maybe. I think so. I'd like to think so. Uh, I found it very difficult to engage with music the last year. I feel like there has just been there is so much music at the moment. Um, I find it a little bit more difficult to 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 pick out what um, what should be championed. You know, I don't know if you you feel the same just in terms of the number of releases and the number of artists. It can feel everywhere. Daunting. Yeah. I, I would say, honestly, my favorite musical like experience of the year was probably seeing Oppenheimer. <laughs> and just the, the, the use in of really score. In really good cinema. Yeah. I actually saw it in the IFI. Um, but, yeah, I listened to a lot of uh, atmospheric and soundtracks this year. I loved the um, Fred Again, Brian Eno album. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that was my most listened to record of the year. Otherwise, did you listen to Andre 3000's uh, flute album? I actually have not listened to it yet. No, um, there's a couple of records that have just come out that I really want to listen to. The um, John Francis Flynn record, I like, would be a big fan of his. Um, I, he was actually seeing him live during the post-COVID Another Love Story. I don't know if anyone was at that, but um, he played. I don't think it was my son Tim, but he played a song at one point where I don't think I'd ever felt an entire space be fully um it almost felt like we were fully hypnotized and it was only at the end of the track that i i realized oh, well hang on everyone here has just come out of that trance um but yeah live music this year no i listen to a lot of records but um but you can go for albums of the year if you want yeah albums of the year i would say my favorite musical moment on a record was probably the first three or four tracks on the new chemical brothers album oh okay there is a flow from the intro to um, the track "Goodbye" that is just fantastic and and seamless. You you sort of it's kind of like a mix, right? It feels like a live mix. It like. feels like a live mix, but um, their when was it? I think it was twenty nineteen. Their last record, "No Geography," came out, and that has a very similar flow across the entire record. Where <laughs> there's just a nice continuity sonically, and I've felt that across the beginning of this new record i feel like it kind of falls off later but that that was great otherwise love the gorillas album and jungle all um, of the big dance, dance yeah albums, so. i mean they're all the genre appropriate albums you want to hear from us uh, <laughs> and yeah, i've got nothing a genre appropriate for my albums of the year <laughs> sheila denvir shoshano singer she is an incredible record that came out this year that's maybe genre inappropriate <laughs> That's interesting, though, that you say, like, the first three or four songs from Chemical Brothers, you're just looking for, like, moments on an album almost, is all. Yeah, well, I just loved how th- there's such a nice flow, and you can imagine seeing it live and just seeing how... I can't imagine how they would play that. If they were to do that live, they would have to do it in that order, having listened to it. Oh, it just okay, felt yeah, yeah. so seamless, and the kind of thing where you you only go back and recheck it on, on your phone and realize, oh, hang on, 
that actually is a different song that isn't some 10 minute mix it just had a really nice yeah feel to it on that topic of of moments it's like so many so much music that gets put out these days is just like here's a single here's a single here's a single so when you have something that's so considered like that as well i imagine it's uh more engaging you know yeah, I was actually thinking about this on the way here because I, Owen had I don't know if, if the listener's going to know this, but he he had warned us to prepare some you know some lists. Yeah, or rather or, than if if I had just like thrown it at you, you know, people are like, ah, I have no idea. Yeah, I, I honestly don't know what I would have said, but was thinking that nowadays, you know, if you take let let's say a record like that Gorillaz album or the Chemical Brothers record, they are very considered records that people took a, the artist took a lot of time to make that as a singular piece of art. Whereas if you look at someone like Fred again, I think that is probably the most interesting artist of the moment, and everyone can see that how he blew up in the last year or so. But he's almost taking like rather than treating the the record as the canvas, it's it's kind of like the medium of art he's using is is connectivity and communication, and his ability to directly communicate with his audience to just drop a new single. Say we're going to do like a show in Madison Square Garden, sell it out the same week and then immediately drop another new single off the back of that while still it almost is like uh he's making the album in real time but it is just a series of singles which can make it a little bit more difficult to connect with so but maybe that is actually that is the medium of of the modern era in music it's as much as you know our whole project is based around uh the classical idea of maybe can there's more consideration in in the album and the record and the concept, but maybe the modern approach really is communication as and like connectivity as the medium as opposed to this more yeah. slowly thought out offer. I think that's a far more eloquent way of saying what I was saying about that Fred again show <laughs> in terms of like seventeen thousand people in one room feeling like two hundred people in a room. I think you, you explained that very well there. Fair play. Yeah, fair play. <laughs> thank you what about you Joe what are your uh, albums music highlights of the year uh, my albums of the year are uh, Heaven is a Junkyard by Youth Lagoon oh yeah yeah that's an interesting one he lost his voice for a couple of years and yeah. it took a while for it to come back and yeah, it was he, the first record he made since he had some sort of like mad stomach acid issue that like completely like ruined his throat I never really listened to his previous stuff I knew who he was uh, Circa Richardson put me onto the new record we were on tour in May and we were driving around uh, Germany I think listening to it and I loved it the Feist record Multitudes that's great didn't really get it at first the first time I tried to listen to it when I was on like a really really long run and I was like this is not <laughs> this is not the vibe for this run um, but then came back to it and, and fell in love with it um, Norm by Andy Schauf oh okay which came out a lot of like all of these records are kind of similar vibe which I guess shows where my, my head has been at this year then there's this I think she's Portuguese girl called Maro she's a record called uh, Hortela I came across her on Tiny Desk and went and listened to the album and it's beautiful kind of acoustic guitar based with uh, she's three three guitarists herself and two other guitarists and they're all playing kind of like Spanish um, classical guitar vibe uh, her voice is amazing the other one is the Blaze record. I felt that was probably not as... I think that with the Blaze, they like tend to land with like this huge, big single with an incredible like high-concept video around it. And the records are... don't re- like They're not as, as uh, cohesive, I think, maybe, as uh, like compared to, say, the Chemical Brothers record. But there's a couple of really, really, really big songs on there. So. Yeah, there's some nice songs in there, but I feel like it... 
Genre-wise, even it's a little bit disparate. It kind of feels more like The Naked and Famous or something. Sure, uh, sure, sure, sure. On the whole. Yeah. As opposed to the single will make it feel like this big, epic, euphoric dance thing. And then it, I think on the whole, that record felt to me, like not that it was dated, but it was kind of more rooted in this noughties or like 2010s kind of like... Igloo and Hartley. Indie, indie <laughs> dance. Yeah. That I wouldn't go that far, but I actually supported Igloo and Hartley in my, in no my old band when I was wow. a teenager. And they were... The like full everything was on track. The bassist was just high fiving people at one point. <laughs> I, I don't think he was in the room. <laughs> wow. Uh, on that note, I suppose thanks a lot for uh, for chatting through the highlights of the year. Quick one that I will uh, throw at you. Favorite Christmas song, Joe? Oh, easy. Uh, Christmas wrapping by um, the Waitresses. David. Uh, it's got to be Brandley rocking and rocking around the Christmas tree. Cool. Nice one, guys. Happy Christmas. You too, on. Thank you. Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree is the best Christmas bass line of all time. Oh, completely wrong. That's why I picked Christmas wrapping. Turn that back on. (laughs) Daniel Luke is a pianist, composer and arranger hailing from Cabra in Dublin. The brother of Kojak, don't you know? In early 2020, Daniel embarked on a new and personal project, a collection of solo piano compositions that would eventually become his debut album, Shadow Dance, which came out in May Recorded in his childhood home and the piano he learned to play on, this album represents a labour of love and a lifetime of learning. It's a lovely record. We're listening to the opener, Bloom, on it right now. Here's Daniel Luke with his picks for the year that was. albums and songs this year were mainly Irish actually I absolutely adore John Francis Flynn's album I think Mole on the Ground is one of the best songs of the first years amazing stuff um, Rachel Lavelle's album is also stunning uh, and yeah I could be accused of bias here but my brothers Jay Smith and Kojak both released beautiful beautiful works this year uh, Junior Brothers favourite actually also blew my mind like 20 minute 20 minute song is unbelievable yeah, the quality of Irish music this year, it's actually been insane, really. My favourite gigs um, that I went to see this year would be, I've seen the Vernon Spring play in St. Luke's, part of Sounds from a Safe Harbour. He is a producer pianist from London who I love, I love, love, love. Uh, that was an incredible gig as well. So that festival's kind of built around collaboration quite a lot, so he ended up bringing... Maybe Vagabonds on stage, Max Porter as well, who's one of my favourite authors, came on and did a piece with him. So yeah, amazing kick. I also went to see Brad Meldow playing in the National Concert Hall, and that was absolutely mind-blown. Yeah, he's an incredible, incredible jazz pianist, yet one of the best. I also caught Scustin at a festival or two this year, Irish funk, uh, Irish funk four-piece, and that is absolutely a gig worth seeing. Yeah, I've had a pretty extraordinary year, actually. Yes, I have a few plans for 2024. It's been quite... Yeah, I've had a pretty extraordinary year, actually. 
It's been quite surreal, to be honest. I had a plan at the beginning of the year for what would happen in my ideal year. I end up doing about 90% of those things, so couldn't have gone much better, really. Uh, everything from recording the album to booking the tour that I did and the different festival slots that I've been on. It's all been done without management, label and publishing. Um, all completely independent, so for everything to gone as well as it did, it's been pretty amazing. Because I do kind of understand it's pretty a niche uh, genre that I'm in, so it's not always easy to kind of gain traction and get people interested, but yeah, the support's been incredible. A few of the highlights, I suppose, were playing in the National Concert Hall. I was playing at the Sounds from a Safe Harbour Festival, Other Voices, and All Together Now as well. So yeah, not a bad first year. Yeah, I finished this year out with a Glasshouse support as well, with them playing the music of Raiji Sakamoto, who's one of my heroes. So yeah, 2023 was a pretty stellar year for me. Yes, I have a few plans for 2024. I've got two standalone pieces that I have written this year and I'm recording at the moment, which I'll release early 2024. They should be nice and interesting. Uh, I'm hoping to book a few more shows in Ireland. And I'm currently doing a master's course in scoring for film and TV, which I'll be finishing up next year. So hopefully I will start moving into that world as well next year. So yeah, 2024 should be an interesting one. My favourite Christmas song is probably Last Christmas by Wham. Or maybe Christmas Time is Here from a Charlie Van Christmas. Love, love, love those tunes. She's full of life She wants to draw every room's eyes Laughs the loudest and cries the most Crashes parties and plays the host She knows better She'll let you know and she won't let you forget it Lightning strikes more than twice It's just a part of her everyday life Expect to hear Hunnis and see him on lots of ones to watch lists over the next few weeks. He released a track called Control in 2020, which currently has over 20 million streams on Spotify. And in November, he released a new track called Everyday Life, which we're listening to right now. Signed to Mount Silver Records, we're going to be hearing a lot more, hopefully, from Hunnis in the next 12 months or so. Here are his picks. For the past 12 months or so. Yeah, I had a really good year this year. I think it was around March. I went on tour with my friends All The Look In The World. So I think I played about four or five gigs with them in Germany, which were just, yeah, they were lovely, lovely gigs and had a really good time with the lads. And then with my own music, I feel like I finished off a good few songs that were kind of waiting to be finished and did some really exciting work with the producers I'm working with at the moment. Started writing some new stuff as well. And then I moved to London. I've been meeting good people over here and I've collaborated with a few people already, kind of done a couple of writing sessions and stuff. And then right up to the end of this year, yeah, November 10th, I put out my, my first single in a long time, Everyday Life, and it's gotten a great reaction so far. So yeah, really good year all around. Plans for 2024? So I've one single coming very, very early next year. I don't know if I'm supposed to say the date yet, so I won't, but 
it's very early <laughs> and then beyond that single there's more releases planned as well i'm hoping to get out gigging much more as well in ireland and in the uk and if it takes me further afield great but definitely going to get some stuff going in ireland and the uk so favorite albums of 2023 uh yeah there's a few i feel like this was a great year for music but um first one would be boy genius the record i just think that project is so cool uh, the three girls, three very different songwriters coming together and creating a really cool album. And standout tracks for me would be Emily, I'm Sorry, $20 and Not Strong Enough, but it's all amazing. So second album would be Flight, a London band, and they've kind of really gone back to basics and just it's it's full of like classic songwriting on this album. And I love it a lot. So three standout tracks there would be Tough Love, Even on Bad Days, and Chelsea Smiles. Then I've got Andy Schoff. Um, he put out an album called Norm. Yeah, I've loved his last couple of albums. I only kind of discovered him in the last couple of years. Two songs that I just cannot get enough of on this album are Telephone and Catch Your Eye. Unknown Mortal Orchestra put out an album called V, or Five, I don't know, for like lo-fi goodness uh, really nice melodies and really, really lovely guitar parts. Check that album out. And two tracks there are Nadia and The Garden. Um, two more, <laughs> two more albums. Kojak just put out an album called Phantom of the Afters and it's amazing. I think it's my favourite stuff that, that he's put out so far. And standout tracks for me there are Larry Bird and Heaven Shouldn't Have You, which is, yeah, that's just this gorgeous kind of stripped back song amazing tune if i could paint my canvas so you understand it want to love this lasting like my mom and dad did live and let them have it live let them have it heaven shouldn't have you heaven shouldn't have you Oh, you didn't mean it I wish it didn't happen Heaven shouldn't have you Should I be so kind I don't feel abandoned I got love around me But this isn't Kansas no, this isn't Kansas And then the final album I'm going to recommend is The Japanese House, In the End It Always Does yeah, I love the Japanese house. It's just like really good pop music. Her voice is amazing and the tunes are always really, really good. Um, so two standout tracks there are Sad to Breathe and Boyhood. Uh, my favorite gigs that I went to this year, they're also artists that were included on the album question, but I saw Boy Genius during the summer in Gunnersbury Park in London and I don't think, like, I had checked out the album at that stage, but I hadn't really become a huge fan until after that gig. Um, yeah, it was it was just really special. I think it was by far the biggest gig any of the individual members had ever played. So it felt like an important day for them as well. And, yeah, it was just incredible heat and sunshine. And the whole experience of the gig was amazing. Then two other really good gigs I saw this year were The Japanese House, at here at Outernet in London as well. Yeah, it, it's some of the best sound I've ever heard at a gig. The drum triggers and samples and 
and tracks were all just so well done and her voice was amazing and everything so um yeah really really slick colorful amazing show <laughs> and then most recently i went to see flight in coco in london and yeah beautiful venue kind of a bit like the olympia kind of feel to it um with the fancy boxes either side and all that yeah just a gorgeous gig their latest album is so beautiful so it was lovely to hear all those songs live because i've been rinsing that the last while <laughs> i think my favorite christmas song tends to change every year i think something just jumps out and surprises me every year and makes me feel really christmasy and i'm like oh i never realized that this one made me feel like this before <laughs> so i think a couple of years ago it was uh, bruce's version of santa claus is coming to town it's a live version i don't think i was aware of it for years and it just made me feel so Christmassy that I, I have to put it on every year now. Other ones that hit me over the last couple of years were It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, um, Andy Williams. It just, again, one particular year, I was just like, oh my God, it's so Christmassy. <laughs> it's one of those songs that makes you feel like Christmas is finally here. And another one uh, that hit me another year and for the same reason is uh, Sleigh Bells, is that what it's called? The... So, so Christmassy. And then, aside from those, my all-time favourites would be Nat King Cole, the Christmas song. That's what I would have always said. And then The Darkness as well, whatever that's called. Um, and then, I have to say, Fairy Tale of New York as well. I know you asked for one favourite Christmas song, but there you go, there's six. And every time I visit you your eyes have turned a different shade of blue I don't know you And I don't know you Your cobblestones have turned to dust It's been a while since you thought of us I don't know Next up is Galway slacker rock artist Ruth Mack, who released the single Home From Home. Based in Berlin since 2019, she says she was inspired to write Home From Home after passing through Dublin en route back to Galway during a Christmas lockdown. Let's continue listening to this. Get in the Christmas spirit, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> As Ruth talks us through her highlights of 2023. Hey, um, yeah, twenty twenty three for me was absolutely grand, I would say. <laughs> yeah, one of, one of peaks and shops as most years tend to be, but highlights were definitely. I got to play a lot of shows this year. Got to travel with the live show quite a bit, and yeah, obviously got back releasing music again. So all good stuff there. I guess I haven't 
thinking about the fact that, you know, when we look back on 2023 collectively, um, it, it was a pretty dark one for humanity, I would say. You know, the absolute like, atrocities that have unfolded in Gaza and the West's equally atrocious response have just been, um, yeah, absolutely like deplorable. Um, it's been particularly dark seeing how it's, you know, seeing it unfold while living in Germany, um, where the government stance is very staunchly pro-Israel, pro-Palestinian voices are silenced and censored. You know, I'm seeing that happening in, in real time. It's just been absolute madness. Um, so my hope for 2024 is it, that it's a year that brings us just more uh, peace, more compassion, uh, more understanding. In terms of my favorite albums and songs of the year, I'm gonna go by like albums because most of my favorite albums had my favorite songs on it, right? So um, yeah, I just picked out a couple that I loved. It was a great year, I think, for releases. Um, the couple that stood out for me were, I just really fell in love with Rahil's um, first solo album, um, Rahil. She's um, like Iranian-American artist. Um, I actually discovered her because she had a show um, on NTS, which was brilliant, and then kind of got into her music from there. But yeah, in a band called Habibi, this is her first solo album, it's called Flowers at Your Feet. I just loved this kind of sound palette that was, I guess, used or built throughout the whole record. Um, it's kind of trip-hoppy, it's very intimate, I think, in its lyricism and storytelling. Uh, it has some beautiful kind of, um, you know, like samples or influences from Rahil's own childhood. You know, the beautiful yeah, samples of what feels like maybe her parents, her aunts or uncles uh, speaking to her back in the day. You can definitely hear the kind of, you know, Persian, like sonic influence running throughout it as well. Um, it's just fantastic. The lead single, I think it was a lead single, was called Fables, and that was actually a collab with Beck. Man, what a combo. Um, he had, I think it's like kind of vocals and guitar work that just, yeah, it's a brilliant tune. I love it. And the track, it's right after it on the record as well, actually. It's called Hesitations, another standout for me. Brilliant album, Flowers at Your Feet. I also just got very hooked <laughs> on an album called Mercedes by Sarah Klang. What I know about Sarah Klang is she's a, not that much to be honest, but she's a, a Swedish singer. I think she's been around for a while. I think maybe this is her second or third uh, solo album. I think she's been involved in some uh, groups before that. It's just gorgeous. Her voice is just incredible. I, I really, just, her voice hooked me from, I don't know, the first, I think I just stumbled across one of the singles from the album and I was like, who is that? And the whole album, thematically, I guess it's a lot of it is to do with her being a, I, I get it, like my impression that's, you know, kind of balancing uh, being an artist with uh, being a mother to a young child. Uh, Mercedes, I think is actually her daughter's name. That's the name of the, the record. The standout track for me, I think it was also the lead single or maybe the second single. It's called Worst Mom, which is just really beautiful and very real depiction of um, such a, I guess like an, a very common but untapped <laughs> topic, right? This topic of motherhood and not being, you know, feeling unsure in yourself or feeling like you're the 
quote unquote, worst mom. It's just stunning. I don't know. I yeah, I'm not a mom myself, but I sent it to one of my best friends who um, also has a young child, and she said it just got her right in the feels because it just summed up something that um, yeah, she hadn't put words on. I love that song. It's Worst Mom by Sarah Klang. The whole record is yeah, it's gorgeous. It's so simple. Yeah, like the arrangements, the instrumentation is really quite straight up. Um, I don't know, indie, country, pop, rock stuff. Yeah, it's brilliant. So those were two maybe international ones. I think it was an absolute whopper year for Irish albums, right? I think we collectively had our socks all blown off us <laughs> by uh, Rachel Lavelle, um, who's an old pal. Um, just been, yeah, yeah, just so wonderful to see this album out in the world. And it's just stunning. I loved the interview that you did together that went in, in depth. What more can you say? Um, but as well as that, I loved Oxen's album. I was absolutely looking forward to that. Just so hooked by the, I mean, I remember watching the the stream they did as a women's Christmas over, over COVID and it's been like more, I need more. Um, so to have that whole album at my fingertips now, yeah, absolutely love it. own album was unbelievable. Seamats, John Francis Flynn, Nisha Roo. Unbelievable year for Irish music. Love it. Yeah, and in terms of my favourite gigs of the year, uh, I got to catch Sylvanesso on the Berlin date of the European tour. I know they're also in Ireland uh, on that tour. Um, it was over the summer. It was just so good. I'm yeah, just a huge fan of them, you know, of their um of their songwriting of Millie Mead really yeah, probably one of my favourite vocalists out there at the moment. And they just put on such a good show. I danced like for what felt like hours. Um and yeah, I just remember it was during a really nice part of the summer. I've been out all day in the park and strolled down to the gig and it was just beautiful. A great day. Another standout for me was one of my favourite bands actually of all time, they're called Shannon and the Clams. Um, they are a kind of, I guess, like quite a 50s inspired rock and roll band um, from Oakland, California. And they were in Europe this year. They played in Privat Club in Berlin. It was just amazing to yeah, get to see them live. I've seen them once before in Whelan's, probably six or seven years ago but I just listen to them so much. I love Shannon Shaw is the um, the aforementioned Shannon. She's the vocalist and bassist. Yeah, unbelievable. Primarily, I mean, I just love her vocals uh, the most, but yeah, the band collectively are just fantastic. It was, I don't know if they enjoyed that gig that much because it was like during a heat wave in Berlin and venues here don't really do air conditioning. I just remember looking up at them and they were just, so sweaty. <laughs> I felt so bad. But I had a great time. 
kind of I was also pretty sweaty but yeah that was Shannon and the Clams uh they were touring it was a record they actually put out like I think it's been like two years uh, called Year of the Spider which is a great record would have been one of my tops of <laughs> 2021 for sure maybe yeah in terms of favorite kick that I played this year I started the summer playing a little festival in Prague called United Islands which was just really enjoyable we're on we're you know we're on this nice stage right by the water whenever we played it was like you know sunset golden hour crowd were lovely it was just great that was a really fun one um yeah really chill really fun yeah just last like last week was uh in ireland playing shows we had a lovely night in workman's uh in the cellar very special one uh and the one in galway in the mechanics institute which was equally fantastic so Maybe just because they're the freshest in my mind. <laughs> I'm also picking those ones. And in terms of, yeah, what I'm planning for 2024, um, I'm actually going to start the year with a bit of a, I mean, kind of a break, a break from live shows at least. Um, I'm planning to do some traveling and writing um, for January and February. I'm actually doing a residency, a writing residency in the Canary Islands in February. So, yeah, really looking forward to that break. I haven't got so much didn't have so much chance or time to write in the last couple of months. So uh, looking forward to slowing down and seeing what comes from that. Otherwise, yeah, I do like there's music on the way as well, all lined up, ready to go um, in early 2024 as well. So stay tuned. And finally, what is my favorite Christmas song? I just think that objectively, Fairy Tale of New York is the best Christmas song ever written. Um, I know it gets done a lot, uh, but I think that this year it'll be, um, I guess particularly poignant, I guess with the recent loss of Shane McGowan, um, and yeah, I think we'll all just have a new appreciation for, a renewed appreciation for how beautiful it is. I also really love, um, Slow Club have, uh, I think it's just an EP of Christmas songs, um, which I really like, uh, they have a great cover of... Uh, you know what's it called baby please come home christmas baby please come home uh, i love that one as well all right cool i think that's it for me happy christmas and happy new year and we'll see y'all in 2024 i got to see david hederman do a soft launch of his debut album at a hometown show at the workman cellar on december 16th this year and all i can say is i can't wait to see him again and revel in his record pulling at the briars which is due out in february formerly of the immediate who if you didn't already know have been the intro music for this podcast since its inception hederman is based in berlin and is also a brilliant visual artist hopefully i'll get to do a full chat with him in due course but let's listen to his debut single blue jeans as he gives us his highlights of the year Oh
so the the year for me was quite busy. Um, this time last year, I didn't even have the plan to record an album, and uh, it was one night after Christmas. I was making a portrait actually of my old English teacher from school, and then I missed the bus, and then I called my friend Connor, Connor O'Brien, and we had a pint, and he basically was suggest saying to me, "Yeah, now is the time, Dave, to make your album." Um, after all these years, kind of the studios were quiet at that time, and yeah, he kind of planted the seed, and I went back to Berlin, and the record label went fully behind me, and so everything kind of quite happened fast. This year has just been one of those years where, if I think about, if I had thought about the things, it was just so overwhelming. But it's kind of a constant flow of hitting tennis balls back and just. Getting things done, so yeah, very lucky and lovely year for me just to keep busy and keep my head down. Favorite albums of this year? Well, there's been so much good stuff coming out of Ireland. I've been closely listening from from Berlin, and um, yeah, one that's really getting me at the moment is the Rachel Lavelle album, uh, Big Dreams. Just from start to finish, it's it's one of those kind of cosmic beauties that you can. Very poetic, where I can just get taken away by it.、Uh, loving that one, John Francis Flynn. I'm absolutely adoring that one. Look over the wall, see the sky. Most of the music I'm listening to is actually music. Then I incorporate into playlists that I make for a life drawing class. I've been doing that with my partner. So definitely, Rachel and John have been heavily on that playlist and soundtracking our drawing classes.、Um, other ones I love.、Uh, the Pearly album is a beauty. Um, that came out also this year. Speaking from other rooms, great album. Yeah, Tandem Felix.、Uh, I was so lucky to have Dave Tapley on、um, pedal steel and bass on my album, and his album. There's a new Sheriff in Town that just came out this year too. Some gorgeous, gorgeous tunes on there. It's lovely stuff. Favorite gigs? Yeah. It's a, a good handful of the gigs that I've I loved this year came from.、Um, Another love story. The festival.、Uh, I was invited to play it. It was actually the first kind of festival I've played for a long time, and I was playing at the Young Hearts、uh, tent, which was I, I I rarely left that tent over those two or three days. The festival was on.、Um, there was just so much good music and also talks、uh, going on. Donald Lunny made a great talk. Just it was a great place to be and. I remember the first night that was when I was playing. There was like very biblical、uh, rain, big storm going on. My gig went grand. Then I was just hung out at the tent, and I remember there was a girl pushing a a harp through the mud. She had a little trolley, and we all got together to help this harp stay safe and get it onto the stage. And that was a girl, Maeve McKenna, who played it. Absolutely amazing、uh, set. I love that one. That was a a great gig that I saw. Also got to see、uh, one of my heroes, Kino Quavon, who runs the radio、uh, show on Tave Tool. He's been doing it for quite a long time. I've just consistently making great shows, and that's why I kind of listen to that sh- show religiously. It kind of feeds me. But I got to see him do a live、uh, set, and it was. Unbelievable! Just how he had the crowd in his hands and just sharing the love and the good vibes. That was a great, great.
great couple of hours that set. Also got to see the Walkman. I think that was Vicker Street in Dublin. And I've always been a big fan of that band. And it was they had kind of come together again to do a tour. And I was lucky enough to be in Dublin to to get to see that one. That was a yeah a special one. So yeah, my plans for. 2024 well the, my album is coming out in February and uh, right now I'm in Ireland just doing the first small tour but I'll be preparing I guess for the release of that record and getting the band together and yeah just keeping it cool I have a nice rehearsal space in Berlin that I go twice a week so I'm just keeping the craft of songwriting and just enjoying singing and playing my guitar and just being prepared for whatever is coming at me in the next in the next month. Um, also, plan to keep on painting. Painting's been great for me. Uh, while I kind of in between all the tip tap of writing emails and stuff, I I kind of give myself the time to paint also. So I want to, as much as I can, keep um, keep a focus on the painting and myself and my partner are running this uh, life drawing class online that we've been doing for a good few years now so yeah trying to keep things as cool as possible that's my that's my plan for 2024 keep busy I think my favorite Christmas song I do have a soft spot for that East 17 one I don't know if that's even Christmas song stay now whenever that comes on I don't know that 90s period was just so good and I think I was the right young sticky age where all those tunes are just still embedded in me somewhere um but i would if i had to choose probably the bob dylan must be santa i just love how he came out of nowhere with that christmas album and that video it was just so raucous and quite just yeah almost disturbing it was great i loved it Julie Hawk has been a very busy person this year, as you'll hear her tell us. As well as making a new album with her band Hawk, due out in March, she's one part of Pixie Cut Rhythm Orchestra, who are relatively fresh off supporting Bell X1 on some Irish dates. You can add them to your ones to watch list too. Julie's been on the podcast before, TPOE 215 if you were wondering, and I always enjoy talking to her, or in this case, listening to her highlights of the year. We're listening to City Creep now off the forthcoming album To Fall Asleep, which you can pre-order at Hawk, H-A-V-V-K bandcamp.com. This is Julie from Hawk. Thank you very much for asking me about my 
highlights from the year. Um, you are listening to my very sickly sinusy voice. I'm hoping it's kind of sexy, but I'm not so sure. Um, you tell me. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm currently down with whatever this sinusy bullshit that's going around. Um, it's got me in its throes, so feeling pretty subdued, um, and it's probably not surprising given how back-to-back and full-on and busy this year has been. It's been really great. Um, I kind of wrote down some notes about the questions that you sent over. Um, The first one being, how was your year? And I've just written, so busy, oh god. Um, I think it's pretty reflective and and true. But yeah, no, it's, it's been great. We finished up our third album at the end of last year, so we started... I'm kind of drip feeding some new stuff early on this year and that's been really really positive I think it's I think we feel really really grounded in this record as it's like it's well and truly beyond the kind of pandemic limitations in terms of playing live so it kind of felt like the first time since we've moved to Ireland that we had a bit of a clean slate ahead of us and we decided to hit hit the ground running Um, so we released Daylight Robbery kind of around springtime um, and with that I decided to throw my hand at video directing which became a big unpaid skill set and hobby of mine this year. Um, it's been absolutely like like really interesting um, kind of taking taking the director seat in terms of like putting together a whole video set and coming up with like from A to Z the concept of what was going to be all of the visuals for the album. The album is all about lack of sleep or the things that keep you awake at night. So we had a real kind of, a real clear sense of this kind of invasive, haunted set of visuals that we wanted to have running through the album. So that kept us really busy and we've been doing a lot of work with Tim Shearwood and Georgia Kelly and lots of other super nice hardworking creatives and lots of unpaid uh, extra <laughs> friends who decided to appear in our videos as well. So that's that's been a really positive but also like really uh, time consuming, uh, really, really rewarding. But I definitely learned a lot about my capacity of like... <laughs> what it takes to make lots of music videos and also what it takes to make sure that you're also relaxing and resting. Um, You know, between that, I've been playing with Pixie Cut Rhythm Orchestra, um, doing festivals over the summer. Um, I also put on a Samhain event at the, just after Halloween, called Scanra with two good friends of mine, Claire Martin and Tara Mullen. So it's been like, a year of projects and seeing what I can throw my hand at um, as well as all the stuff that's been keeping me busy with the band um, and that's all ahead of our album which is coming out in March. So with all of that in mind my favourite albums and songs have been, they probably have a running theme of escapism in them because I feel like I've had the kind of year where if you're alone with your own thoughts for too long you will just realize how little you've slept and uh, how much you need a good a good old cry so the, that said like most of my favorite albums for the year have been like really high octane kind of hammering or like 
driving either punk albums or electronic albums and some of my favorites okay this is slightly biased but one of my favorites was the cool girl ep um this is biased because she put this out on our label vita records um but i've genuinely uh turned to that album so much this year it's been it's just a gorgeous really immersive really kind of visually satisfying project if you um if you've ever checked out her work you'll know that she creates this kind of world of bizarre surreal visuals to go along with all of the music and her live shows really incorporate that too so it's been really like interesting working closely with uh cool girl that's lizzie from uh formerly from bitch falcon if you don't know yeah she's an amazing person to work with but also has definitely made one of my favorite pieces of work from this year. And then some other favorites. Recent new album from Health. I really, really am enjoying that. That is escapism at its most terrifying. I really like the new album from The Armed. And I also really like the new Blink album that felt really special. And, you know, I didn't love everything on it, but I thought some of the moments on it, like there are like three or four tracks on that album that I actually thought were genuinely them back to the they're good stuff and it felt really special to kind of see a, a group of friends come together like that. I obviously had tickets to go see them and I'm going to be hoping that works out next summer. No more babies, please. Not for a while. We all want to go see the boys. Favourite gigs? The person I saw live most this year, and actually Matt from Hawk is, would probably have the same answer as me. Uh, we went to see Elaine Malone three times this year. Um, she's fantastic. Uh, her live shows are like stepping into a club from Twin Peaks. There's just something really guttural and haunting and stunning about her craftsmanship in terms of the way the songs come to together, but particularly live. Like the album is beautiful, but I think seeing her live, if you get a chance, is I'm just going to keep going back. Um, please come back to Dublin, Elaine. I want to see you. Um, Moderat at Body and Soul was also incredible. Their visuals were just something else. Again, escapism is what I needed this year. Take me away from my problems, please. And I went to Interpol, who are one of my favourite bands, uh, and they, yeah, they killed it. Oh, actually, another great live act that I went to see, um, are Goa. Uh, that's like go underscore A, and they are the Ukrainian Eurovision Act from 2021. So um, I'm hoping I'm getting my dates right there. I think I am. They are they're the act that performed before the year that Ukraine won the vote. And obviously by that time, uh, the, 
the war between Russia and Ukraine had broken out. And so I think there were a lot of eyes on the music, especially kind of the internationally uh, visible music coming out of Ukraine. And I, it didn't occur to me until I saw them live the unique position they have as a band who are now traveling and, and speaking to are singing and partying with so many um, people whose lives have been like either disrupted directly or indirectly. And their show was incredible. Like I, I knew it was going to be good crack, but this was something else. It was uh, really a coming together of community and it was so euphoric. They combine traditional Ukrainian singing and instruments with techno. So it was kind of like going to see, uh, like their their music uh, often gets faster and faster as the song goes on. So it was a little bit like going to see like the scratch, only Ukrainian and only electronic, if if that makes sense at all. That was easily one of the best hard to top gigs that I've been to this year, just because it was particularly in that moment, it was it was really, really special. And I felt like I was really privileged to be standing there amongst a mostly Ukrainian crowd who were just screaming uh, solidarity and support for one another. And then, oh, last question. We have come to the end. What is my favourite Christmas song? Obviously, it's Last Christmas. I would listen to it any day of the year. Uh, in fact, I haven't actually heard it yet this year, which is quite strange. Maybe that's the cure I've been looking for. And thank you so much for asking how my year has been. Oh yeah, what are we doing in 2024? I nearly missed a question. Um, We will be releasing our third album to fall asleep. The aforementioned uh, album about losing sleep, which is like my specialist subject at this point. Um, I actually find sleep very fascinating. It's not just a a point of tragedy for me. I think um, over um, lockdown and coming out of like lockdown into normal life, I had a lot of time to kind of explore what it was that, why it was that my body or or my brain thought it was a good idea to wake me up at five in the morning um, to kind of think about emails or, or think about um, the world, <laughs> the state of the world. Um, and it's been a really fascinating topic to unpack, not just in terms of my own experiences but like speaking to other people's experiences of sleep and and dreams and how they have experienced kind of losing touch with um helping their body to switch off and relax or helping their brain to switch off and relax um it's fascinating and there's so much we don't know about it uh so that's hopefully gonna be lots of fun we're really excited about it. It's called To Fall Asleep and it's out on March 15th. Um, and we should have another single or two coming out in the new year as well. So you'll be hearing from us very soon. Have a lovely end to your year and happy Christmas. Morgana is one half of Saint Sister. And I was thrilled to see her launch her solo project at the Grand Social as part of Ireland Music Week this year. It looks like she's having a lot of fun with it. And I can't wait to hear where it takes her in 2024. She's got some nuggets, some little details for us in the following 10 minutes or so. She's still to release her first track, her first official single, but it's going to be special, I can tell. Hello, Owen. Morgana here. 
thank you so much for having me. Um, I've had a really great year, a really fun, fast-paced year. Um, I guess it's been a little bit different from the previous years. I have spent the guts of the last decade spending a lot of my time, all of my time, uh, uh, professionally uh, on the band that I'm in, Saint Sister. But uh, this year, myself and my bandmate Gemma decided to focus a little bit more on our solo projects. And, and for me, that meant spending the first half of the year writing a new record under my own name and the summer recording it. And right now I have 10 finished tracks. They just need to go to, well, they're, they're at mixing stage now. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I'll get them back and, and I'll go into the new year with a, a whole record uh, done for my for Morgana, uh, the new solo project. So yeah, it's been it's been not without its challenges and and definitely a shift uh, in terms of workflow and dynamic and and what it means to be on your own versus in a duo. But I've been really really loving it and uh, uh, just having loads of fun. That's our main uh, our main mission statement for the Morgana project. Just. Be kind to yourself, have a good time, and and that's what we've been doing so far. Oh, in terms of my albums of the year and songs of the year, um, I've loved this is in no order by the way, but I've loved uh, Rachel Lavelle's Big Dreams, the whole album, uh, in particular maybe the title track is is the one that stops me in my, in my tracks every time I hear it, and and I remember hearing it live for the first time the pepper canister a couple of years ago and just bawling <laughs> bawling and uh, uh it, it, the song produces the same effect every time i listen to be honest it really um it really cuts me deep <laughs> and i think she's an amazing artist uh, i i remember hearing you on uh, describe rachel lavelle on i think you were a guest on a radio show and you described rachel lavelle as um every irish musician's favorite musician and that was such an accurate uh, reading of her at that stage. And I'm hoping now that she'll be every Irish person's favourite musician and and in the world beyond because she's just, she is a bit of a, uh, a bit of a star, a lot of a star and a one of a kind. So um, I, I see big things, big dreams for, for Rachel Well. I came for the comedy, I left for the bus. There was nothing new to me I have a lot of feelings How strange to be living in The body's changed, the face, the skin You used to be an architect of beauty So also absolutely adored November Medicine by Nilo. Um, I have to admit that I am on two of the tracks. So um, take that as it is, I guess, uh, that admission. But um, 
I, I, I love one of my favourite songs of the year is a track I had nothing to do with and I'm not on. And uh, Pajama actually is on it with her harp. Um, it's called Only Human. And I think it's, again, another one that just, when you hear it, you just stop what you're doing, down tools and, and close your eyes and sit for a moment with it. I would encourage anyone to give that a spin now. It's, it's really a sucker punch of a song. I've also loved Feist's new record, um, Multitudes. I thought that was uh, exactly what we needed. I think it came out in the summer and I just played, uh, played uh, it over and over again. Um, in particular, uh, Borrowed Trouble, which I, I think is one of those tracks that just explodes towards the end and, and has you shouting and screaming and, and dancing along with her. And I, I got to see her live, which was unbelievable in the National Stadium. And she, it was a show of two parts. She, she started on her own in the middle of the floor and then uh, segued herself back to the band. And it was just, it was more of a theatrical performance really than anything else. And I was utterly engaged. I also want to give a special shout out to Tandem Felix uh, for their song, Message of the Afternoon. Um, it is just a, an absolute banger and it, it has this chorus that only appears once and it's so catchy it feels like it, it was around for forever it's one of those songs that the first time you hear it you think it's 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 always existed um, and I absolutely hate David of Tandem Felix for only including it in the song once and I can see him making that decision with a, a wry smile on his face. Um, it's just, it's so Moorish. And, and uh, I mean, he's dead right. Every time I hear the song, I have to play it again to get that chorus again. It's just, it's just one, it's one of the catchiest modern choruses I've ever heard, I think. My plans for 2024 are continue with Morgana, uh, play as many gigs as I can, um, release some music, perform some brilliant shows. That's, that's the the... The big goal is to make performing fun and and weird and introduce some playful elements and, and uh, work with people who know how to do that and put on a real show. That, I'd love to do that. And, and thinking about Feist's gig or um, yeah, any of those shows that kind of transcend the uh, musicians just standing on stage and doing their thing. I, I'd love to get a bit creative with that pj harvey for example um i didn't see that gig but i heard it was outstanding so uh, and and different and, and that's the kind of stuff i would love to do my favorite christmas song is probably i'll give you three fairy tale of new york it's a brilliant song probably the best christmas song i just wish i'd never heard it before and i could experience it for the first time again Christmas Wrapping by The Waitresses. I feel like a lot of people know the song, but uh, haven't listened to the lyrics and the verses and don't know the story. So I would definitely advise anyone who thinks they're familiar with that song uh, but can't really recall the story to really dig into it. It's, it's really fun. I love the way uh, the, the singer fits in way too many syllables. Like every line has probably two extra syllables than, than it, it should have, but it, it it sounds so wonderfully jumbled and and uh, rushed in a really gorgeous, like controlled way. 
And then CMAT and Junior Brother, I think there's this called Uncomfortable Christmas. Um, that's a fucking hilarious song and very heartwarming and gorgeous as well. So that's all my uh, my 2023 Christmas roundup. Um, before I go, I should mention I'm playing Whelan's Downstairs on the 29th of March. Um, it's It'll be good crack. And I promise to put on a show. And uh, if you're if you're not Dublin based, we're working on uh, confirming dates around the country and hopefully a show in London and Berlin as well. So uh, if you fancy coming along, follow me on Morgana's Party Hits. Thank you, Owen, for having me. And I'll see you guys later. Have a great Christmas. count an act as one to watch if they release music over a decade ago well that's what i'm going to do with winter aid shane from winter aid who released a track called the wisp sings in 2013 which has racked up almost 150 million streams on spotify to date he recently put out a 10-year anniversary edition featuring various remixes and version and versions of the song and is promising a new album in the first half of 2024 Shane's from Ireland, but has been living in the Bay Area for a good while now. Bay Area, Golden State Warriors country, I believe. That's just for the NBA fans out there, or maybe I'm just talking to myself. Hopefully, me and Shane will finally have a chat for the TPOE podcast in a couple of months. But for now, this voice note from him will have to do. We're listening to the gorgeous Midnight Mass at the moment. Here is Shane from Winter Aid on The Point of Everything. Yeah, we'll get it right. Hey, Alan, thanks again for asking me to contribute to this. 2023 was a fairly good year, I think. Yes, 2023 was a good year. It was at least good because finally I started releasing new music again, which I had wanted to do for ages since before the pandemic. Um, So yeah, I made a music video, got a new single out, spent a couple of days recording in a really cool studio on a ranch in the middle of California which was really nice. A place is called Middle Ridge Studio and really want to get back there next year as well. And I re-released The Wisp Sings and kind of spent some time thinking about how that song has done sort of bizarrely well and what that means and 
working through all my feelings on it in a very Californian way. Um, but I did listen to a lot of really nice music this year. I had to think about which albums really kind of stuck out to me and there was albums that I really just listened to in their entirety and would never like throw on one or two songs from them. So like John Francis Flynn's album comes to mind. That's just a really nice one to put on and sink into. That might be recency bias as well because I kind of only started listening to that pretty recently. There's a musician from the Bay Area here called Maria BC. She put out a lovely album that's also pretty nice to kind of just wander off into. And Gia Margaret's album, Romantic Piano, kind of similarly, like that's less ambient and more... I guess it is maybe still a vibe. I also really enjoyed Lancome's album, but that was like... found listening to that quite intense. I think I've been really wary since leaving Ireland a couple of years ago of becoming one of those super Irish guys especially if you move to the States who just gets really into Ireland now that he doesn't live there anymore which has definitely happened to an extent which isn't to say that the Lancome album is anything other than fantastic which clearly it is there was a couple of other albums I really enjoyed just like really fun good kind of poppy songwriting like this year I've really started to as part of getting older probably really get into American country music like this was the year I basically discovered Towns Van Zandt which took me long enough so I did listen to a lot of him this year which led me to a couple of new albums one by this guy called Duff Thompson who I think lives in New Orleans he has this album called Shadow People that has some really gorgeous songs on it there's a song on it called Shapeshifter that I think is definitely one of my favourites of the year um, and then along the same lines, he worked on this album by Steph Green called Lore. I think they're pretty, they collaborate a lot and I actually saw them play live on a double bill recently. They were really, really good. Her songs are, are excellent as well. She has a song called Teardrop Skies that is, um, yeah, it's perfect. It just pops up into my head every couple of days. One album I really enjoyed, again, in terms of sort of producing an atmosphere and sitting down for half an hour, is Air by Caroline McGowan, who has sung on a lot of my songs and actually sings a lot on the new album. Uh, I think Caroline has, like, the best voice in Ireland. And, yeah, really nice to hear her put together something almost entirely based on her voice. Just a beautiful little album. Really enjoyed a lot of songs this year. Now that I look at the list, there's definitely this slight country vibe that is tinged into things. Maybe country folk. The, the Arborist record, I forgot to mention. Arborist's album. One of my favourite Irish al albums of the year and his song Unkind. Uh, again, just a gorgeous little pop song. A bit dark. Totally unafraid. Like I feel like his songwriting on that album is entirely liberated um, in a way that I'm quite envious of as a songwriter so yeah that was a compliment it's a really really good song pull it apart but that seems unkind poison the dark but that seems unkind of. 
was a little hard But that seems unkind Dirty Old Town of John Francis Flynn's album I really enjoy listening to That's so familiar and just so beautifully done at the same time One of my absolute favourite Irish songs of the year is Dark of Night by James J. Clark. I've heard his album. His album is coming out in a couple of months. Or a month, maybe. Yeah, maybe in January. Um, it's it's a beautiful album. It's it's so good and he's really made something special. And I've been a I've been a fan of his for a long time since he was in the Ambience Affair, which was really one of the best bands in Dublin when I moved there first. Yeah, it's great to see him do something again very straightforward but also courageous with his songwriting incredibly sad incredibly beautiful songs i did put together a little list here of like songs i loved from the year and one that i have to mention which i'm not even sure if it's from 2023 it might be like 2022 or older it's by this uh singer from oakland called astu or astu i should really know how to pronounce it uh the song is called roots and i found this live version on youtube recorded it Mount Diablo, which is a mountain uh, here, which I can see from my kitchen sink. It's just this phenomenal performance of, of a beautiful song. It's kind of hard to describe why I love it so much, but the performance is is perfect and like much better than the live ver- and than the studio version, in my opinion. Yeah, just a great song, like pretty unstoppable chorus. I thought Mel Joanne had a gorgeous album this year, and her single "Broke" was really really good. And then, yeah, honestly, like, I do also have a couple of names on here. You know, in terms of nostalgia, the Sufjan album was, was solid, but Will Anybody Ever Love Me is just such a good song and very, very classic in a way that my nostalgic soul enjoyed. It's been nice to to hear music coming from The Smile, although I'm kind of nervous it means Radiohead are dead, but their song, Bending Hectic, um, I didn't love it first, but I've been listening to it a lot while I'm driving. And it's a really, really good driving song. Maybe because it is, as far as I can tell, about being in a car accident. Fave gigs. I think I mentioned, but yeah, one of the best gigs I saw this year was Duff Thompson and Steph Green playing here in San Francisco. Just two really good songwriters, like really good at playing live. The way Duff Thompson bashes around this gorgeous old archtop harmony guitar on stage was pretty inspiring and I'm now on the hunt for an old-timey archtop guitar to maybe also bash around on stage. Uh, I saw Sunset Rubdown this year as part of their reunion tour. They were so good and so much better than I had dared to hope they would be. So that was gorgeous. This was also the year that for the first time I saw CMAT live and finally got why everyone raves about her live shows. Like I had already really enjoyed her songs, but everything clicked when I saw her play this like basement venue here in the city. And she just had the entire crowd in the palm of her hand for the whole show. It was incredible. It was like, I think also the first gig that I really kind of relaxed at and took off a mask at, which was, you know, worth it. Uh, in 2024, I am really excited to put out a new album uh, in May, I think. 
and an EP in January, which will have a couple of tracks from the album. The EP is going to be really nice. It'll be very chill and easy to like listen to and hopefully get pulled into the atmosphere a bit. It's mostly piano. But then the album is like, I think, 16 tracks. I've basically been working on it for five years and it's, I think, yeah, I'm really, really excited about it. Really, really proud of it. My favourite Christmas song? That is a difficult question to answer. I do think Fairy Tale of New York is a classic and a couple of years ago, I think during the pandemic when I realised, well, we weren't going to be able to go home for Christmas, so we were, you know, in isolation here, 5,000 miles from home. We went to buy a Christmas tree and, like, just as we picked out the Christmas tree in this really enormous Christmas tree car park area fairy tale of new york came on and obviously it's a lovely song to hear if you're two irish people that are far from home at christmas but the one song that i i do listen to every christmas i'm not even sure if it's a christmas song it does mention a christmas tree so i guess that's why and it sounds vaguely christmassy like it's got you know glockenspiel and strings and stuff it's called flight 180 by bishop allen i'd been listening to the song for years but like over the last four or five years, it's become the sound that when I go home for Christmas, me and my brothers, you know, get a bit drunk and like pull out a guitar or piano and like start singing songs. And it always builds to this one song, which is an incredibly sad song. Like it, it is one of my favorite songs of all time. It is beautifully written. The music is great. The lyrics are perfect. Incredibly jealous of it and wish I had written it myself. And yeah, like every year now for the past few years, we end up drunk singing that song, probably crying, usually crying. Uh, It's almost definitely going to happen next week when I'm home in Dublin and get my family together. To be clear, we're not from Dublin. They would kill me for saying that. We're from Kerry, but we are going to meet up in Dublin first. And we will sing this song and it'll be really sad. But it is such a good song. I can't recommend it to everyone as a Christmas song because, again, it is very, very sad. But I'm glad that we've adopted it. Okay, I think that is every question answered. I hope that the sound is all right. Thanks again for getting me to do this. Silverbacks had a relatively quiet year, but they've got the follow-up to 2022's archive material cooking, and I can't wait to hear it. They've been in the studio in 2023. I know that much. They play with Belfast band Junkdoor, who also have a new album in the works, in the Workman's Club this Friday, December 22nd. Here's Killian from Silverbacks, who I knew already has excellent taste, giving us his highlights of the year. Hey Owen, how are things? Thanks for having me on as part of this feature. I'm very happy to be representing Silverbacks. So it's been an, a start and stop kind of year for us. We started the year in America playing gigs in South by Southwest and New Colossus. Um, so we got to see New York as a band and we got to play there. Same with Texas, which was very cool. So that was on the, I was on the long list of things that we wanted to achieve with the band, go play 
I don't know, go do a bit of a, a mini US tour. So it was great to get that done. And then aside from that, you're right, it's been a little bit quiet on the gig in front. Um, but we are playing the Workmen's next Friday with our lovely friends, Drunk Drawer. Uh, so that's the 22nd of December. So if you're listening to this and you're looking for something to do, come down and check out our guitar symposium. It's going to be a lot of crack. And then um, on the recording front, we've been busy with Dan Fox recording album Treat. And we're hoping for it to come out September, October next year. Um, so stay tuned for more news there. So some albums and gigs that I really enjoyed this year. So I'll start off with the albums. I really enjoyed Yola Tango's release. I didn't hear that they were putting out an album. So when it when it did come out, I was delighted. Uh, I've been a big fan of that band for years and they've been so consistent. They're unreal. And then I also really enjoyed Corey Hansen's album, which is called Western Come. Pretty, pretty, pretty raunchy title there. He played the Workmans and that was one of my gigs of the year. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I can't, I think they're called ZZZ Top, but he, he supports himself essentially in a ZZ Top tribute act. And that was mighty as well. Lots of guitar mini. Um, which of course has always been one of the things Silverbacks um, has kind of lent into and loved as well. So I think his music was always going to go down well on our side. I say our side because Gary was at the gig too, and so was Gav, our lovely manager. Um, some Irish albums that I really enjoyed this year are, I really liked John Francis Flynn's album. I also really liked the album that The Bonk put out. And then Tandem Felix's album was great too. And I also enjoyed Search Results' album, who I got to see play with Junk Jar in Jada. And they were excellent live. They were really, really good. And I'm looking forward to hopefully catching them somewhere in 2024. And you should too. Super Extra Bonus Party put out an album and it also featured our lovely Lady Silverback Emma Hannon. So shout out to that album too. I feel like I'm missing a few Irish albums. I I probably stated the obvious, but obviously uh, but Foss Lankham was another another great Irish release. Christmas songs. There are Christmas songs that bring up some nostalgia um so i probably call those ones out rather than songs that i deem favorites and i'm probably overthinking it but anyway here we go um so my mom used to have a compilation cd 
kind of style. But it was all of that wall of sound, Phil Spector Christmas tracks. I had to look the album up because I didn't know the name, but I think it's called A Christmas Gift for You from Phil Spector, who turned out to be a bad man. But I saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus by the Renettes will always bring up memories of Christmas past because we had it blaring in the car and it used to get our buzz on. And then the other one, I think I think there's footage of um, Top of the Pops 2, maybe. And I always blank on the guy's name. And I know the song title something to do with, like, the cavalry. But it's the track that goes... And that's one of my dad's favourites. So that one hits me in the Christmas fields, too. Sinead White has lent her vocals to lots of my favourite artists, like Dahi and Elaine May, over the years. I was excited to see a new single from her arriving in my inbox at the start of December. This is the less than two minutes common denominator, and then we'll hear Sinead telling us how 2023 was for her. I guess naively, I thought if anyone's love could heal you, mine could. I don't want to play myself, but I'm the common denominator. I don't want to play myself, but I'm the common denominator. Jumping through hoops, watching every word I said. You said you wanted to get married. it's a recording. My year was uh, very up and down. It started absolutely horrendously but then as the time wore on it kind of got progressively better. Um, So yeah I think at the start of the year I was feeling very confused and then towards the end of the year I feel like looking back I can say that that was quite a good year for me. Um, My favourite gigs of the year um, were probably actually it was probably two Bell X One gigs that I went to. Um, one was in the summer in the Ivy Gardens, which I absolutely loved, mainly because um I love Bell X One, but also the weather was absolutely phenomenal for it. 
in terms of maybe other human beings and their experiences probably not so much but halfway through it just started to rain in like the softest and most magnificent way and that kind of like caught the lights and we were it was summertime so we were all warm and a little bit moist and happy and um yeah I really enjoyed that gig and then again in um the winter time in November they also played in Vicar Street and I went to see them and got to like catch up with some old friends and um and some new friends and it was amazing so they would be my favorite gigs of the year this year I wasn't so much discovering new things as going back and sort of re-listening to things um and trying to see if like potentially I was listening from a different perspective so for example one of those things was the album Kid A by Radiohead and then the one of the artists that I discovered this year actually through my friend Chris was this uh, French artist called Jacques and I he, he basically introduced me to him through this insane music video which is this artist in I think the Louvre and it's like maybe he's I don't know doing acid or something and he's interacting with all the paintings so anyway I think he him in general I am now um sort of obsessed with and he has this one song in particular and it's called Rien it just makes me want to learn French and move to Paris so that would be my favorite artist um of of the moment Yes, favorite Christmas song of all time is Last Christmas. I just think it's the biggest bop ever. And yeah, I just don't understand why. I don't feel like it gets as much of a mention like from people when they're talking about favorite Christmas songs. And I noticed that when I mention it's my favorite Christmas song, people are like, oh yeah. But there's sort of this sense of like, oh yeah, we all know it's a bop, so it doesn't need to be mentioned. And I just think that's so unfair. So yeah, Last Christmas, I think it's absolutely heavenly, blissful, and I think I want to do a cover of it. So yeah, I got to work on it. That's the only thing about a song being as beautiful as that is, you know, if you do a cover, you really got to make sure you, you don't absolutely ruin it. So yeah. In terms of my plans for 2024, I am going to be releasing some more songs and I think playing with houseplants and also um releasing a podcast that I've been working on so yeah I kind of hope that I get to do um most of those things if not all of them but um because you know sometimes it's easier to say that you're going to do something than actually do it but um yeah those are my plans and hopefully um catching up with my friends a lot and eating food I'm gonna try and cook a new dish every week um for the rest of my life no for 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 next year that's my new year's resolution new dish every week and that's just it thank you all and enjoy the rest of your year and see you soon I've been all around the world looking for you Peering round corners, shouting in the night As I was running you waiting patiently, silently For when the time was right And I've been trying to live this glory 
narration clearly defined Then here you come to the beat of a different drum Chasing shadows from my mind Can you feel how my heart beats As you're lying beside me Place your hand on my chest And you will see what you mean to me Row Urell is one part of my beloved Del Rentos, and with his co-vocalist in the band, Kieran McGuinness, striking off with his wife as Driven Snow, who have a debut album incoming in early 2023, Rowe also started releasing his own music this year under his own name. He's released two tracks to date, Freedom and How My Heart Beats, which Rowe says is a love song. It explores the intangible quality of love, that which cannot be contrived or contained. Love arrives and departs without warning. It can give us a new perspective, help us to see the world in Technicolor. Let's keep listening to this track, and then you'll hear me chat with Ro about some of his highlights of 2023. Life only alluded to Then I met you You released a couple of singles in 2023, kind of a, dipping your toes into the world of solo artistry. Uh, how have you found all of that stuff away from the band, away from Del Rentos? Um, it's it's very exciting. Like the the way Del Rentos work for anyone who may not have heard of us is a band of four songwriters. So um, it's a, a very collaborative process and, and, uh, and there's a lot of letting go in, in the songwriting. Um, from very early stages in terms of involving other members, other members of the group. Um, I suppose we all need to be invested in something for it to, for it to come to fruition as a Del Rento song. So oftentimes with, with it, with any piece of music that I contribute to the, to Del Rento's, it's sort of a, a journey of letting go and rediscovery. And that sort of, we never really know what the, what a, how a song is going to finish. You can have a preconceived notion about it, but um Generally, they end up changing a lot with the with the input of the different members. Ninety nine percent of the time, in a, in a good way. Um, so it's a different. So with solo work, I suppose it's um, it's something I've always sort of dabbled in a little bit. But to be able to Delorento's having a, having a break, sort of for the, for the first time in kind of fifteen years, has given me the space to dive into solo stuff. And I suppose to have that freedom to just see something right through from beginning to end. Um, I've learned over the course of the last year and a half that no man is island and I've had a lot of help. Um, and that's really, you know, that's really lovely. But I suppose, yeah, I'm learning a bit more about myself and my sort of my, um, I suppose, my sensibilities and my maybe my limitations <laughs> as, a, as a to date anyway. But hopefully I'm pushing them. Well, I suppose that we'll find out a little bit more about you as you talk through your favorite, your favorites of the year. Do you want to start with your favorite albums of the year? Yeah, um, we I mentioned to you before, before we kind of started recording, 
uh, having a, a little a new little member of our family of a baby at home so um my i won't go through my sort of my my, my best of spotify list <laughs> like that it's just all white noise and brown noise and all that yeah yeah exactly yeah my first album it turns uh, that that I, I have two that i re that i really like but my first one is mitski's the land is inhospitable and so are we i first came across her a number of years ago um with their track yeah, your best american girl which is like the sort of track with a sort of a punk punk aesthetic um really like uh, dirty guitars uh but with this incredible lyric and she's just a super uh like so efficient with words and just a, a really great social critic but with a kind of an emotional sensibility that really tied into me um i think sometimes i i'm really attached to I suppose it's just the way the way a singer delivers a song as much as the the, the lyrics, um, which is what what they're saying, as opposed to how they're saying it. And in this this record, um, the land is is inhospitable, and so are we. She sort of, she seems to she works very thematically, which really appeals to. I I wish I could do that. I wish I could be more coherent in terms of like concepts when I'm writing songs. It's almost quite unconscious. I think I like kind of stumble through a lot. I'm kind of like working through a lot of things feelings i might have a bit you know a, a line that comes into my mind or i might just have a you know, a, a loop of chords or even a sonic kind of a textural idea but i think it's often it's by the end by the time you know, when i get to the end of a song or you know certainly the end of a, maybe a, a process of a number of songs you're like okay this is this is the subject or this is this is this is the album or this is what i'm trying to say whereas she seems to work thematically very strongly to sort of like it's, it's almost um sonically the the album sort of goes from almost like kind of americana there's a lot of just kind of like gently strummed acoustic guitar with like slide kind of glassy sounding slide guitars and then there's almost these sort of cinematic orchestral big band kind of um uh, kind of hollywood feeling kind of uh, arrangements it's sort of very nostalgic the record sort of is reflects kind of um you know the tur turbulence both kind of internal in terms of one's own mind but also external in terms of the outside world and reflects on those elements in the modern day but um in kind of the textures that that she creates and using those kind of bringing us maybe back musically historically um there's something quite nostalgic and sort of comforting about it at the same time yeah, it's it's amazing to see her rise as well, isn't it? Just from like playing small indie shows, and now she's already sold out the three arena for for twenty twenty four. It's really great to see. Yeah, it's you know certainly for the likes of myself when I was sort of starting out on something completely new. It's wonderful to see just how how good music finds a way or finds a home, isn't it? From the little I know about her, she seems kind of very in a Bjork kind of like sense that she's very true to her uncompromising I, I would say to a degree about her art and in terms of how she spans genres never mind from record to record but often kind of from song to song there's, she really follows her muse and I respect that and it's great to see as, as you say that people sort of have latched onto it and how, how how it's grown yeah it's very inspiring what's your second album that you've managed to fit in between uh, <laughs> the, the baby album. crying this year I will always make time for for Lisa O'Neill who's um absolutely one of my my favorite um artists i've been fortunate to meet her to meet her once or twice um fortunate not musically yet always as a fan i saw her um 
when she was she, she was promoting the is it same cloth or not that record just her voice absolutely floored me something about the you know it's the the timbre of it again the conviction with, with which no word is wasted with lisa it was really beautiful to um to hear her and it was i kind of thought it was quite fitting that at, at shane mcgowan's funeral um the other day that she was singing um the kirstie mccall part in fairy tale of new york and kind of looking through i guess as a lot of us probably have been kind of watching all the videos of the of the, of the pogues and shane mcgowan and that sort of thing thing and it, it's hard it, it's a it's a tough task to find a, a vocalist that will can kind of compare to the character of of, of shane's voice and i think uh, lisa is one of those rare creatures she re- she really inhabits a song which again is something that really that that i find find hugely inspiring and as a lyricist there's always like this there's always you know a, a lyric that sort of catches me um there's a song there's a, there's a track on the album if i was a painter and the line that the, uh, there's a line that says where when everything runs into everything when every color is born without sin if I was a painter With colours no end I'd paint the whole thing simply again Where everything runs Into everything She's so musical in how she puts things, and it almost the 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 weight of what she's saying kind of I find it kind of sneaks up on me. <laughs> and I'm armed by the sound, and then and then it's the whoa, you know. But she's uh, yeah, she's she's fabulous. This album is quite stripped back, and maybe in a way that you know I'm I'm a big fan. Like I'm sure I know as as you are too of Irish music and the so the so much. The scene feels again really healthy at the moment. Um, but somebody like um, somebody like Lisa, similar to like a, a, a Damien Dempsey, like I'd love to hear them in a stripped back sense. And I think it's just a, those vo- those voices, you know, when when the vo- vo- the words and the and the and the voice um, are center stage, it uh, it can be spellbinding. Um, so yeah, I highly recommend. Um, all of this is chance to to anyone. So they're my they're my two my my top tips for, for the year. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned her tribute to uh, the Pogues at uh, Shane's funeral. I remember uh, all together now. It was shortly after Sinead O'Connor had died, and there was a lot of artists doing Sinead O'Connor covers, and I happened to be. Um, uh, kind of kind of walking past Lisa O'Neill as she was um, playing and she was doing a cover of uh, Black Boys on Mopeds by Sinead O'Connor which I just thought was unbelievable it, like you know cliche alert but it is one that really stops you in your tracks that song so yeah it's it's interesting that you know two of the Lisa O'Neill highlights that we pick out as well are almost like tributes to these these uh, artists who have died this year it's kind of sad on one hand but it shows what an amazing artist she is as well that she is almost able to make them her own too yeah no yeah i absolutely agree um yeah couldn't couldn't agree with you more i think it is it's it's a sign of um like you can think like with sort of like with artists like like Sinead and and shane that they you would imagine that they that they could be these huge egos but having having met both of them again only only briefly you know over the years with with De Laurentiis and 
never found that <laughs> um, and i think the likes of lisa is, is the same that like they're they're just these beings that channel music and almost that kind of I, th- I think it's something again sort of that i would that like to aspire to as a, as a singer is that sort of that it's not easy to do but when you get up on on, on a stage or when you're performing in front of people that you know it's not easy, easier said than done but that they sort of manage to kind of forget themselves if that makes sense yeah uh what about any gigs? Did you make it to any memorable shows this year, Ro? I saw dry cleaning in Vicar Street. It was on the recommendation of a friend um, and absolutely loved it. Did you listen to them at all beforehand or did you know about yes, them yeah, beforehand? Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I'd listened to them a little. I only like was sort of like, okay, I better do it. better spot up on this. So it's sort of this kind of like stream of consciousness. But I did like, yeah, I actually, it was nice not to, you know, sometimes you sort of, I suppose a lot of us, you know, money is you know nobody's flush for cash at the moment so you're when you're picking things to go to you're like well you know i i want to be able to invest or know about this or be fully invested in this it was kind of nice to to be able to just um to go to a gig where i had had few preconceived notions um but yeah for again if anyone for for those who do, do, do don't know them it's sort of like this um lyrically almost kind of a, a, a stream of consciousness kind of like ra- like quite random kind of lyrical flourishes um with this incredible like incredibly atmospheric groove driven accompaniment super powerful super powerful um and a really like you know that sort of um that the, they've got that the fan base is like you know it, i suppose there are some bands that a lot of people will go and see or they're, they're, it's the band, you know, sometimes you go to a gig and it's like, this is the popular gig of the week or whatever. And maybe the front half, the first half of the of the, the audience are, are, are maybe wrapped, but the rest are sort of like, yay, we're at this thing. That doesn't happen, I don't think, at any dry cleaning shows. It was just like everybody was, it was such a lovely, and I suppose I haven't, you know, it, it, I haven't been, I, I was probably slow back to gigs after you know, the, the years that we shall not talk about. Um, so it was lovely to be at a, to a gig where the audience felt so connected and it was quite like everybody's really packed in, like everybody, like um, when it was kind of quite surreal and grew, there were bits where you could just sort of, you'd just be grooving for, you know, maybe like three or four minutes of a, of a vamp on something and people just like closing their eyes and arm in arm. Um, it was really, yeah, it was really cool. Um, another one, uh, The Walkman. Uh, I'm big uh, walk walkman fan i suppose you know as a, a band that being in a band that have, been, <laughs> that have been around a while and all the sort of the trials and tribulations that go 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 with that um i really appreciate the walkman's longevity and their excellent songwriting um i love you know jangly guitars is kind of my vibe and again vocalists uh, hamilton lighthouse is just an incredible singer i don't know how you know the way Brandon Flowers and the Killers seems to be, he seems to have got te- better as a singer, so like stronger as a singer as he's got older, but it's clear to me that he's had some kind of vocal training. I don't know if Hamilton has, I don't know what his secret is. I think that's what intrigues me. He's like, I don't, what you are doing sounds dangerous. And that's part of what attracts me to it. But I shouldn't be able to keep doing this, but you can. And I think that's amazing. A gorgeous band. And that like, I think with this tour, they weren't promoting anything in particular. Was just sort of we're back to do some shows, and you could tell that there was something really. It had been a few years since they'd been here, and there was just a real lightness about the band themselves, and just very easy. And um, that was really nice. I think again, from a performance perspective, sometimes when you're sort of okay, we're touring this record, and we have to, you know, the set list right and all the kind of stuff. 
Because it just felt like that was all kind of out the window and they were just, you know, just kind of enjoying themselves. And it was lovely, lovely interaction with the crowd. That was really nice. What else did I see? I went to see my, my bandmate, uh, Kieran McGuinness, his, his new band uh, with his wife, Emily Driven Snow in uh, in the Workman's, which was really nice. It's kind of a, it's very much a, like, they're not the White Stripes, but it's very much like the music is about kind of like, seems to explore the dynamic of relationships, not kind of in the kind of the intimacy of the two of them and their their adventure through life together. See, that was uh, really nice. Again, quite quite surreal to see somebody who you're used to being on stage with all the time, to feel like <laughs> standing in the audience watching him. Um, I saw Blur in Malahai Castle. I probably, I you know, depending on who you speak to, but I probably fell on the wrong side of the divide back in the 90s. I was, um, I was a Liam and Null fan. That was my first ever gig, kind of on my, without my mommy and daddy, was Oasis in the Point Theatre. I think it was like the Be Here Now tour 1997. I'm very old. Um, but uh, given that I was on the other side I wasn't allowed to go and see Blur I wouldn't allow myself for for a number of years so it's I'm really glad that they've come back uh, of late um, you know just magical songs and again that was a really nice you know Malahide Castle have you, have you been to any gigs there? I went to see Radiohead there years and years ago but every time that I hear about Malahide Castle I just have nightmares about trying to get the dark back into town it's quite it's yeah. quite a long way away you know that's like i'm coming from there like at the moment i'm i'm further north than malahide oh, okay so, so you're uh, relatively okay relatively uh, yeah like well you know i don't know if it's any more straightforward but like probably a little less stressful than the dark yeah but if you if you make it to malahide castle it's it's a beautiful place for 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 a show and yeah the 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 blur gig was really was really lovely I was at um, the other one I was at was Springsteen in the in the RDS. That was kind of my my folks were big Springsteen fans, and I inherited that. But it's nice to sort of some of those kind of I suppose the, the kind of legacy acts to see the span of kind of of ages to see you know like and in a to see kind of like 50, like fifteen year olds you know in tears singing the Universal with a, like a sixty year old in tears beside them singing you know singing along. How like again the kind of great music touches people it's a very very life-affirming yeah those are some big hitters that you got to see uh this year and as you mentioned you released a couple of tracks this year what plans have you got for 2024 dare i ask what what are your tentative plans maybe for the next 12 months as a solo artist yeah so sort of so released two two songs uh, one called freedom and the other is called how my heart beats and they are the first of many either my, my plan is to you know, I, I write songs because I, I want to I want to play them for people. That's the main, you know, to kind of for me that the, the process isn't finished until the it's hard for me to move on to the next thing until I feel like I've kind of expressed the songs in a live kind of context and got that sort of feedback. It's sort of like, is anybody listening to this? Am I making any sense? That sort of thing. Um and whether the answer is yes or no, at least <laughs> at least I know where I stand. So the plan in 2024 is to release more music and to start. Um, to start performing that's that's the that's the, the main goal is to get a to get a group together and um to yeah keep releasing more music hopefully get a record out would be would be would be amazing that's sort of where i'm at yeah great and finally a big one probably the toughest question your favorite christmas song oh i have two can i have two i suppose you can have two we'll we'll give you this uh early christmas present 
Okay, thank you very much, John. Um, so if I'm in kind of more reflective mood, I know it's not a, a, a Christmas song, but Joni Joni Mitchell's the the river that one like um, um has a little Christmas bit at the start as a song, like the, the reflective part of me. Um, I just felt the the gorgeous piano again to this the the, the her her voice and her lyrics. Um, it 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 always uh, that song kind of calms me down and um puts me in a reflective space and then if I just want to like bop around the place Santa Claus is coming to town Springsteen version um <laughs> it's just hilarious it's just like super 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 camp in a really nice way you <laughs> know um, it's just like really good fun cool nice one two good shouts there and good good gig recommendations for the year and a couple of good albums too so thanks a lot for uh, chatting and Merry Christmas yeah same to you Ron. thanks for having me just like that we're at the end of the episode just like that Mm. thanks for listening to this episode of the point of everything and if you've listened throughout the year or just dipped in and out of the episodes thanks so much i believe this is the 43rd episode of the year so that's pretty good going as you've heard a number of people say over the past hour or two though it's been a brilliant year for irish music and i've loved being able to chat with so many amazing artists for the podcast. At times, it can feel like there are fewer outlets than ever to hear in-depth interviews with Irish musicians, and that's pretty much my goal with The Point of Everything, to shine a light on some of the acts that I think deserve it a little bit brighter. We'll have a couple of special episodes over the festive period if you're scrolling through your podcast apps uh, in the next week or two. And we'll be back with more interviews in the new year as well. Have a great Christmas and a happy new year. Hey, hey, thanks for listening. Merry Christmas, the point of everything, podcast listeners. Meow. Rocking Around the Christmas Tree is the best Christmas bass line of all time. Oh, completely wrong. That's why I picked Christmas wrapping. Turn that back on. Yeah. <laughs>